Welcome to the Wedding Sassholes, your no BS wedding business podcast. We're here to real talk you through the common F-ups that we see companies making and the practical strategies you can implement today. This month's episode is Fighting a Slump. And in this episode, you'll learn simple tips to book more appointments. That's right. We're talking about lead emails, follow-ups, evaluation, and in-person appointments. We're your hosts. I'm Shannon Tarrant. I'm Vanessa Negron. And welcome to The Shit Show. Episode 28 of The Wedding Sassholes. (laughs) Well, we have been working through the conversation that is running rampant through the wedding and event industry that leads are down across the board, whether it's the potential of a recession, the cost of everything in life having gone up, the cost of weddings in general taking a massive jump in the last 12 months, or maybe it's just because you slacked off on your marketing last year because you were too freaking busy doing events. It is a hot topic of the industry right now. Very hot topic. I feel like every conversation I'm having with local vendors, this comes up in every conversation. Yes. And I'm starting to see it in my inbox, you know, other coaches and pros and things trying to get you guys back on track. And so when we decided what was the topic we wanted to cover this month, we knew that we can give you some ways to evaluate and different things to get you and drag you kicking and screaming out of that slump. Let's do it. We're going to be the pick-me-ups for you, okay? We're going to give you that little shot of caffeine and get you going again. So why do we want to book more appointments, Shannon? Well, we last week we covered in the episode, if you haven't listened, you should go back. Last week, we talked about driving people through your funnel. And ultimately, when we're trying to get leads through that sales funnel that we're getting them to, we get them to fill out the form. And ultimately, I love you starting with the question of why do we want appointments? Because I think sometimes it's the oldies of the industry, those who've been around a little bit longer, who tend to be heavily pushing for phone calls and appointments and phone calls and appointments and without really the willingness to warm them up and share enough information in advance. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. That's a very old school theory. And so I think, go ahead. Okay. Well, so like, I know that I know why you want an appointment. You want an appointment because you want to save your time as a business owner or working for a wedding business and get as much information in as short amount of time as possible. But like, you'll hear about an upcoming episode. This is not about you. This is about them as the customer. And we're forgetting a little bit when we start pushing for things to, we're forgetting to be customer centric. Well, we are in the hospitality industry, so it should always be focused around the client, the client's needs, the client's wants, and making sure that they are taken care of. And I think that we have, unfortunately, stepped back from that and made it more about ourselves. Yeah. and Hospitality so like, first. I We know why you want the appointments, and I get that, and I understand it, and so that's why we wanted to guide you a little bit towards it. But I do want you to remember that sometimes... It's amazing the things you can do by email, by text message, in the Instagram DMs without people who are a bit, I don't know about you guys, but I am fucking busy. Like when someone asks me for time, like even my friends in my personal life saying, hey, let's go out to dinner and it's a weekend and you're looking ahead and you're like, God, three weeks, four weeks, like when can I get a Saturday night or Friday night or whatever? You know, you're looking ahead towards all of that. So I think it's remembering that time is valuable 
and not only do you value your time, so do your customers. So let's remember that some of the tips we're going to share today are ways to qualify better, to get better contacts, um, to go through. So let's get started. I know we want appointments. So Vanessa, let's start with the first tip on how to get more of them. Pricing. Okay. Start with your pricing. Make sure your pricing is somewhere on your website. The, the day and age of, I don't want to post my pricing because my competitors will see it. I hate to tell you, they've already probably secret shopped you and probably already know all of your pricing. You don't want to know the other reason, excuse they give why they don't want to post it? What's the other reason? It's, they not, think that, it's not just what? about their competitors. They think that customers are going to disqualify themselves because couples planning a wedding don't really know what things cost. And they're going to see that number, freak out, at whatever the number is, and they're going to never fill out the form or, or they're going to say, well, they're going to see the $500 package and they're going to book that. But I know I could have gotten them to an $800 package if I had an appointment with them. Okay. So then why do you have the $500 package to begin with? And right. if you're going to upsell, upselling is in the appointment. You show them why the $800 package is bright, shiny, and better. Yes, there's like actual statistics from Wedding Pro, which is the Knot and Wedding Wire. Like they did a survey and there was stats and it was something, I don't remember the exact number, but it was somewhere around like 60% of couples will not fill out the form if pricing is not mentioned, discussed, featured, where they can get some of the information. So this is something that I know you're not tracking. I know you're not looking at your Google fucking analytics every month. I know you're not doing it, but... If you were, and you actually like had interest in this, it'd be interested to see how many you, if you go into your Google analytics, you're going to go into your reports and you want to see how many unique visitors. I would do this one week at a time, like just for a month for shits and giggles. How many unique visitors came to your website within the month? Unique meaning it was, that means it's their first time versus mm -hmm. how many people filled out your form or how many leads you got that month. Because you would be amazed if you do not have pricing available somewhere easy for them to find, you'd be amazed sometimes with when I've dug into people's like actual stats that they be getting 150 visitors a week and three form completions. That's bad. Good Lord. That's bad that also, conversion. That could also be because their forms are too long. So that's another thing is yeah. if your forms are too long, they're just like, uh, forget it. You're asking me for my firstborn. This is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, the whole point in a contact form is to start the conversation. So think through what's the bare, bare minimum as a vendor. This is not applied to venues as a vendor. The only thing you actually need to start a conversation and a conversation takes fucking time. I know you want all the info from you can't. The only thing you actually need to start the conversation is the date, their name, their email address. You don't need a phone number, but I prefer to grab a phone number. And that's, and maybe like a, a box where you say, tell me more about, you know, your vision for how you want to pack the dance or your favorite songs to play if you're a DJ or like, you know, what's your favorite flavor cake and tell me more about, you know, the desserts you want for your wedding or whatever. That's it. You actually don't need the venue. You don't need the venue. Like that should be part of the initial conversation. You need the date to check availability, but you don't need to know the venue. That can be the very first question you're asking them. 
in terms of opening it up. So you don't need to grab up too much up front because if you get too much information, the only thing that you're sending them is a quote and then they're only price comparing you. Mm-hmm. You have zero chance for conversation. Yeah. So this is part of your initial lead emails is yeah. asking that, asking too much up front, but then grabbing that information. I would also suggest asking if it's okay in that lead form if you can use the phone number as a texting option yeah so like on the contact form itself yeah you are actually legally not allowed to text someone from a business to a personal I don't even care if it's your cell phone but you cannot text someone as a business if you have not gotten permission technically you're supposed to get a full opt-in where you know they text a number and it opts in and then they reply yes we can get around most of that because ain't nobody coming after us but you really have to ask is it okay to text you before mm-hmm. you start texting phone numbers. I mean, of course, if they initiate, it's fine. But on that form, when you ask for a phone number, um, I actually would make it required. And maybe that is a disagreement from most people. But I think the phone number should be required. And I think you should ask, is it okay to text? Because when you require it, most of the time, they'll say yes. Well, I, I, I don't know if I'd make, yes, make the phone number required. I don't know if I would, I don't ask if it's okay to text because I personally do not text my clients. Yeah, that's fine. But the the phone number is required because fortunately, sometimes your emails do go to their spam folder. So after doing a couple of follow-ups, just giving them a call and saying, hey, just wanted to make sure that you got this, you know, does help. But yeah, I personally just don't But you have to have a phone number to do that. But you have to have a phone number to do that. But also I had, I mean, just a quick story. A couple of weeks ago, I had a bride fill out the inquiry form, sent the information. And then a week later, her fiance, the groom filled out the inquiry form and sent it in. And so I, I called him and I said, Hey, I'm just a little, I'm a little confused. Cause I already got, <laughs> I already got this form from your fiance and I sent it to her in a follow-up email at this email address. Is that not a good email address for her? And he said, Actually, she has changed email addresses. So we did not get that information. Thank yeah. you so much for calling. So another reason to put a phone number is if they change it because she went from having a personal email to a wedding planning email yep. and wasn't checking the other one anymore. So that's why he filled out the form because they thought I never responded because she put the old email address. So do require a phone number, please. And yeah, thank you. so that you can get your hands on it and you can pick up the phone and actually call them. The other thing when it comes to when someone submits the contact form, and we're both very passionate about this, is about speed of response. Oh, this is my favorite stat. Go ahead. What is it, Vanessa? 72% of couples book for with the person that responds first. 72%. Two freaking percent. Whoever responds first is who the couples end up booking, 72%. If that does not get you motivated to have a quick response and keeping it short, sweet, and to the point so that they are more likely to respond to that response, I don't know what will. And I mean, we both know between Vanessa and I, I'm not really the personal boundaries kind of girl. I'm not a mom. I don't have kids. On the weekends, I do check my email, right? Like the amount of time it takes. And I am I firmly believe this. When you hear a statistic like 72%, you are in a slump and you are not replying back within fucking seconds of getting those emails, like especially Monday through Friday, nine to five. But we all know that's not usually when the leads are coming in. 
The leads mm-hmm. come in in the, the evening and they yep. come in on the weekend. So yep. you can very easily in a note in your phone, have a short email. Like you don't even have to log into your CRM or any of that shit. You can have a short email. So when that email comes in, that lead form comes in, you immediately reply. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I'm sorry. Like, I get it. When you have time with your kids, you have time with your kids, but you get a notification on your phone, you look down, it's 60 seconds for you to open it up and send that email. And if I was in a slump as a business owner and I knew the stat, why the hell are you not prioritizing to be the fastest mother effort to respond? And do not make it a novel because they will just scroll right past it. Do nope. not make it a novel. To the point, short, sweet, to keep it simple, stupid. My favorite phrase of all time. Mm-hmm. We're going to get her a t-shirt. We're going to get her a t-shirt. That's what I want a hat. Wearing. Give me a trucker hat that says it. Oh, God. You know it. Okay. So we've talked about pricing on your website, how you're handling those initial lead emails. But I think one of the areas that we see people struggle, and this is why couples don't rush and prioritize, is we're not doing a good job of saying why you need to they need an appointment with you. Like, why do I actually need to? Now, as a venue, this is very freaking easy. Like, you need to come and tour because you're going to want to see it in person, not just see it in pictures in a 360 tour online. So Mm -hmm. as a venue, it's, it's a lot easier. You don't have to work as hard to justify the why for a tour. But as a vendor, like, you really need to work in why they actually should have an appointment. Like, what's the freaking point? What is the point? And remember when you're doing your appointments to do your senses. So make sure that there's something they can see, they can smell, they can touch, touch base on all these things during the appointment. Make sure that you're setting the agenda so they know what to expect out of the appointment. But you need to share that in advance. So like, I think that the, like, yeah, have your agenda and whatever, but like the things like how long is the appointment going to take? What's actually going to happen? It's so easy for you to put this on your website in advance. Like you can either write a blog post that says, you know, the tasting experience at Sweet Miss V's or, you know, come and meet with our DJ and blah, blah, blah. And what happens during the meeting? Paint, Paint them a picture. How many people can they bring? What should they expect? What are they going to, what are you providing for this appointment? Like, Go into detail what the appointment is for, what you're going to be doing, how long does it take, how many people can you bring, what should they bring to the appointment if they're required to bring something. Yeah, and what's in it for them? Like, okay, so they come and they're going to give of your time, their time either on the phone, on Zoom, in person, whatever. But what's in it for them? Like, why at the end of it do they need to do this step rather than just look at your pricing online? Mm-hmm. But you also want to make sure that it's a good fit. Yeah. Are they are they your ideal client and are you their ideal vendor? Because either way, if they are not or you are not, you don't want to be working with the person that you know it's going to be a struggle bus the entire time. So let's make sure that it's a good fit for both parties, not and just I, you taking on another client. And I think you want to make sure you're telling them that in advance because when you start to say, like one of the things we're going to you know, that we're going to accomplish in this meeting is to make sure. So let's use DJ as an example and a DJ company that's a multi-op and they've got multiple DJs as part of their company. 
you're going to want to say that like, you're going to come here so that we can get to know each other and make sure that we can pair you and, you know, have you work with the perfect person for you. Like the ideal that's going to be the music styles you like, the things you want to know. And like, that takes a little bit of time of getting to know each other. Okay. So when you start to kind of put it out there that you're trying to make sure that it's the right fit, that you're the right fit for them, but also that they're the right fit for you. And like, we're going to do like matching and make sure that we're a personality match for each other. I think it, it gives that whole like FOMO, like, oh shit, like we might meet. And at the end of this, she's going to say she's not a good fit for us. Like, I think it makes you look like in demand and it creates this like, well, damn, let's make sure then it's the good, like, I don't know. It just shows that you're putting in the extra energy. Well, and it makes them want to impress you, which is really funny. Yeah. I want you to come in and we earn, earn the why. Like, it's also like, if you're an asshole, we don't want to work with you. No. If you're super high maintenance and you're just going to nitpick every little thing I do. No, thanks. Hard pass. And I think that when you do that, it changes the conversation a little bit in the appointment because they come in with a different, because you've gone over the agenda. And I I do think it's super important to talk all the way through the process of working with you on your website. And this isn't just the agenda, the appointment. I would definitely have an entire page dedicated to what does an appointment look like? Why do we do one? What's the outcome? How long does it take? Who should you bring? blah, blah, blah. What are the options of doing it? But I do think it's important. If you want people to book more appointments, you need to walk them through the process of working with you from when they become a lead all the way up and through their wedding. Because in that moment, when you talk them through it and you explain in the steps, like you're going to fill it, you know, you're going to complete the form and we're going to send over this information, make sure we've answered your questions. And the next step is an appointment, especially if you're like floral and things like that. And you've got to design and create and go through, but you want to walk them through. And then after the appointment, what can they expect? Like there should be an entire page on your site of what working with you looks like, you know, start to finish. What is that process all the way through to your wedding? Do you know how many times at the hotel when I worked at the venue, I would say, so you're going to come and tour and then we're going to decide if it's the right fit for you. And once you say, absolutely, we want to do this, we're going to move forward with the contract and the deposit. As soon as that's signed and paid within seven days, our coordinator will reach out to you. I'm so dumb. We didn't put it on the website. It would have been so much easier for me to use that as like almost a post-appointment or a pre-appointment, you know, a lead follow-up or even an after appointment follow-up, it makes it so much easier because they can always reference that back. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. My next big point would be to make the booking process for your appointment as easy as freaking possible. I know you fucking people who don't have online appointment bookers. I don't, I honestly don't understand it, how you do not have an online booking system. I am such a big advocate on this. Make it easy for them. If you've walked them through the process, you've told them what to expect, they are ready to book an appointment with you, and then you have no easy way for them to click and pick something out from your calendar. They have to call or get it approved or email you. That's ridiculous. You're making them work for something when you are the one who needs them. Like They don't necessarily need you. You need them. So why are you making them work to get the appointment? Make it easy. Send them I'm a link. Use, I was looking today at um, a new CRM system. 
Okay. And I went to their website. Someone else referred me to them. I went to their website. I went through the whole page and all the information was sign up, sign up, sign up, sign up, sign up. And I'm not ready to sign up yet. So if you haven't listened to our previous episode 27, go back and listen because I hadn't, they hadn't pushed me through the funnel yet. I was still in like, I was aware that I needed, I need a new system, but I was still in consideration phase and I wasn't ready to convert yet. And so I found an email address in the footer, on your fucking footer. I found it because there was no contact page. I found the email address in the footer, sent an email and said, hey, I'd like to schedule a demo because this wasn't listed anywhere on the site. Guy writes back and says, here's the link. You can schedule a demo. I click the link and it is an online appointment booker, but all it shows no times for the next three months. And I was like, uh, epic fail. So I wrote him back and said, hey, there's no times available. That was at 10 a.m. We're now recording this at 6 o'clock at night. So whether he hasn't seen it, whether he hasn't whatever, I've now looked at three others. I've scheduled three other demos. Like, he made it so hard I had to email him to ask to get to what I wanted. The other ones I could book a demo on their website. So I'm not saying that I would never use them, but I'm now looking at their customer service as not as strong as a support. Right. That's my assumption. So I need you to like stop. I need you to make it easy. I need you to just fucking choose one. Calendly, Acuity, like your CRM might have an appointment booker, like Dubs Auto, HoneyBook, 17X, they all have them now. So set up an online appointment booker. It talks directly to your calendar. So you can click the link. They can already see what's booked. So they won't, it doesn't double book it'll you. All, yeah, it'll only show the available timeframes that have not been booked. Yeah. And then once you do that, what do you do with the link, Vanessa? Put it freaking everywhere, man. Put it in your email signature, your link in bio, all your social media pages, your website menu at the bottom of your page. Like put it everywhere. Make it easy. I don't know how many times we have to say this. Make it as easy as possible. And some of those two, you can even embed them in your site. So like Acuity, you can grab a code. And so instead of having them link over to the Acuity website, you can just embed it right into your site. So when they click, even on the contact, you can put it on the top of your contact page. Yeah, have your regular form, but have the very first thing be, are you ready to take the next steps? Let's book an appointment. If not, fill out the form below. So like, you know, if they're, how hot is the lead and where are they at in terms of their decision-making process? Mm Mm-hmm. After that, we're going to chase the leads, follow up people. I think this is where a lot of people honestly drop the ball is they send one email and then they don't follow up. Yeah, be kind of irritates the shit out of me. Well, I mean, I think ultimately we just, we forget what it's like to be the consumer when you're the salesperson. Like you, it's kind of like when the wedding industry gets married, the minute that people in the industry get a ring on their finger, it's like they forget all their knowledge of weddings and they're trying to plan a wedding and they're like, this is so hard. I'm like, you've been a photographer for 15 years. How is this so hard? You already know the all ring, the things. I think the ring cuts off circulation to their brain. For sure. But people are freaking busy. It's not a matter of that they're always, and you're going to tune in next week because Alan Berg's going to walk us through all the things about when you're getting ghosted, how to prevent it, how to get out of it, all of the things. But get them reengaged, all of it. Yeah. So, but like people are just busy. And so let's say you listen to us, God willing, we hope, and you become the first person to respond right? And you're an immediate response, but then you never follow up again. 
You mm-hmm. have to have a system for follow-throughs. If you're using a CRM, here's my standing rule. The minute you send an email, you go into your tasks and schedule the next task. Whether it's four days out, seven days out, 10 days out, you never leave that contact or the project or whatever it's called in your CRM without leaving the next task. There always has to be a next thing to do with them. This is even when people were booked all the way through. My rule was like, until that wedding is over. And even when it's over, my next task was to send the happy anniversary a year later. So Mm -hmm. like at that point, I archived them and they went away. But yeah, you people are just busy and wedding pros totally just give up. They give up. They don't they don't follow through. They don't have a system for it. So Vanessa runs her business a little bit differently. And I do. I Sorry, guys. you know, no, we talk about this a lot because if you're similar to her and you've built monster, you know, marketing funnels and lead funnels coming in in a really specific way, if you are at a at a point of your business where you can limit the quantity of what's coming in that you've got sold out and book dates. Um, you can run things a little bit differently. So I want you to just explain what does your system look like? Okay, so my system is, and this is the seven email follow-up campaign is for anybody. It's not just my system, uh-huh. but the way that the way that I do my system is I actually send out the estimate first. On my inquiry form, it says, would you like an estimate? It doesn't say would you want information? It asks them if they want an estimate, they fill it out. So after I send the estimate, I send the estimate in one email with the information that they requested. My second email is I send a resource. So my resource is, this is how you plan out your wedding. This is how you plan out your cakes. This is how you figure out your design and your style. If you're still not sure, because a lot of times when I talk to these, these couples, I don't know what I like. I'm not really sure where to start. So I send that as the second email. So I'm becoming a resource, but I'm also helping them help me plan what they want initially. Then I send out a, an email with reviews and testimonials from previous clients so they can see why people like us, giving them more of the why and not just the what, right? We talked about this earlier earlier today about give them more of the why. Tell them why they should book with you. Tell them why they need your services, not what you provide like everybody else. So that's my second, my third one. The Then I send out the latest weddings. So kind of like a newsletter. Here is the, the last few weddings that we did over the weekend. Or if you know specifically, I know this is a little harder. If you know specifically that they are doing a purple wedding, then send them an email with purple weddings that you recently did. That's more time Are you time sending them the images inside the email or are you sending them links to Instagram? No, I'm sending them inside the email. Okay, got it. Um, but that's because I do just the weekend that I just did, like the, this past weekend will be what this week's gets. So they're already in my phone as yeah. pictures that we took at the venues. So I'm not having to dig through or like archive. That's why I said, if you know, it's a specific style, that's going to be a little bit more difficult. So I just do like, Hey, this is our past weekend. And then after that, I do a check-in. Do you have any questions? Maybe this went to your spam folder, you know, this, that, the other, um, always send a spam email, not not something that is spam. That's <laughs> said that wrong. Send an email if you haven't heard from them. So you're not getting ghosted of um, maybe this went to your spam folder. We just want to make sure that you got it. If you had any questions, please let us know. And then always any email that you send, end it with a question so that they feel like they need to respond. If you just make statements and periods, they're not going to respond. You made a statement at them. You yeah. didn't ask them anything. And then the last one that I do, if I haven't heard from them and I haven't booked an appointment, 
is I send them an email about closing their file, opening their date back up. So sorry, we never heard from you. If you want to pick up planning down the road, please let us know so we can check our availability and pick up where you left off. And I can tell you when I send that email, so many times I get a response of, so sorry, we didn't respond. We had things come up. We stopped planning because somebody switched job. Like there's always yeah. something. We have to also remember, it's not that they're always ignoring you. Shit happens. Like things yeah, happen within busy. the family. They're busy. And right now, a lot of people are hurting economically. So sometimes they reach out to you. They get all these estimates from not just you. They get it from the DJ, the photographer, the florist, the cake people, the caterer. They get all these estimates at once. And then they start prioritizing them of what is the most important, what's the most expensive. And they start going down that list. So sometimes it's nothing even personal. It's just them prioritizing it and trying to figure out their budget again. And they get nervous reaching out because now they feel bad that they they have inquired, but they're not ready to book you. So just send that email, letting them know, hey, we're going to open this date back up, but we would still love to work with you. If you haven't filled this this spot, this vendor category, please reach out later when you're ready to to pick back up. So that's my personal funnel or like email campaign that I run them through. There is a way to do it with non-estimates and Shannon can dive more into that because that's not my system, but I know that she knows a lot about that. Yeah, I mean, I think that like the average um, wedding vendor, the intent of doing an appointment is to find out the information they need to build an estimate. And so you don't always need the appointment to do that, but I don't think the form is the right place. And, you know, hair and makeup companies, y'all are the worst at this. Um, I've seen florists do it too, that the, the general form on your site is exactly how many services do you need for this and do you want airbrush and do you want how long is your hair and uh, and there's so many freaking questions that yes step one becomes an estimate but you haven't built the funnels the way Vanessa has I fucking guarantee it like you are not doing face to camera on social media constantly the way she is you aren't posting the way she is like you haven't done the steps that we talked about in episode 27 that like you haven't really engaged enough I'm sure of it and so when you rush an estimate without a conversation and whether that conversation is you know it's so easy when the on your form, you haven't asked what the venue is. Okay, this doesn't work for venues. I know, guys. But if you're a wedding vendor of every other category, don't ask what the venue is. And so when the first time they reach out, also don't fucking say congrats on your engagement because everybody says the same thing. Think outside the box. Have Say something fun, snarky, sarcastic, like whatever. But it shouldn't be congrats on your engagement. If you're down the funnel of booking, they've heard it 7,000 times. It doesn't even, it's like they skim right past it. So say something funny, different, and be like, are you ready? to look beautiful on your wedding day like you know get creative and crafty and and something like that instead of congrats but the very first email can say something along the lines of where you finish it with that one question that says you know what venue have you booked that's it like make it so easy for them to reply back because then they'll reply back and say oh I booked venue x and your response back can be like, oh, my God, we absolutely love working at Venue X. Isn't so-and-so who works there amazing? You're reinforcing their decisions and you're starting to build rapport by email. Mm-hmm. And so, 
you know, but if they give you every single bit of information, all you can do is take the estimate step. And the estimate step works for a Vanessa and a Sweet Miss Fee is because of the marketing strategy that she's working. If you're not doing that and your leads aren't coming majority from, you know, referrals and things like that, it doesn't really work to start with an estimate. It just doesn't. You need to find out more specifically about what it is they want um, rather than it just being the form on the website. So remember that like, you're driving towards having an actual conversation with them, even if it's through email and they don't want to get on the phone. But, um, you know, you just you you have to like work towards the appointment. And so when you're doing all these follow ups towards the bottom of the emails, make sure there's a big, bold link in your signature, but link back to the appointment scheduler and, you know, you got to chase a little bit. You don't have to be obnoxious and be pushy, but you need to create a system that builds trust through those emails. Um, my favorite secret tip for venues is on your form on your website, you should ask the question, are you ready for a tour? And give them two choices like, yes, I'm ready to book a tour. Or, I mean, you should have a tour booker on your website, but you probably don't. So... It, so let them say either, yes, I'm ready to book a tour or no, I just need more information. But if you listen back to where we started this and your pricing's all on your website and the packages are all out there, they won't need that. They'd be ready to book the tour. So, you know, think through what is the best way that you can be guiding them through that sales process and follow-ups is the name of the game. People are just busy. You need to touch them at least seven times within the first month of them following up with you. If you haven't heard from them, haven't heard back from them, you really got to put in the work. Mm -hmm. And don't be extra pushy. So in every email, don't be like, ready to book your appointment? Ready to book us? Ready to book yeah, us? No. Ready to book us? That's that's annoying and that's a turnoff. Sometimes Think, just um, share the resource. Share the resource, just be the resource. But that's the other thing is think of think of them as the lead as you're courting them. You're not trying to push them, you're courting them. So you're you're getting in there, you're starting to, you know, give them more information, warm them up a little bit. I would say give them a deadline though. So for my estimates, it's good for this many days. So that they know up front that if they contact us after those 30 days that pricing may or may not be the same. So it gives yeah. them kind of, um, kind of lights a fire under their ass to like make a decision or at least to have that conversation of pricing and to book that appointment sooner than later. Because if they know that something's expiring and with inflation, prices are just going up, they're more likely to book an appointment sooner so that they can get that price locked in because yeah. they know it's not going to be any cheaper. Yeah, I think that works when you've hit the step of estimate um, or proposal. I think right. you definitely want to put a deadline of it. And I, But I think you also can't be, when people are like seven days, I'm like, you've lost your fucking mind. If you're a fast responder, you've gotten it to them quickly. They're mm -hmm. waiting on quotes from all these people. It needs to be 30 days. You don't have to hold the date for them, but you got to give them 30 days. I honestly don't know anybody who has open availability in their own personal schedule to add another appointment within the next seven days. Right, no. So your estimate needs to be more than seven days. That's, yeah. that's kind of ridiculous, especially for people who takes them longer than seven days to respond to the client to begin with. You need to make your estimate time longer. Yeah, I'm going to give you one other piece um, that we didn't have in here and then we'll wrap this episode up. But I think one of the things when we talked about why they should do an appointment, I think you need to be putting that in some of the other platforms you're marketing on. So I think, 
not just on your website. I want you to talk about it on social, you know, maybe ask somebody who, you know, came for an appointment or did an appointment and afterwards said, oh my God, that was so great. It was so helpful. I learned so much. Save those emails. I have a folder in my inbox called reviews. And I just, you know, in my email, every time somebody, there's an email that I'm like, oh damn, they just said something great that I could use in marketing in the future. So if someone comes for a tasting with you and be like, oh my God, that tasting was incredible. I learned so much. The food was so delicious. Like, I want you to utilize those things in your marketing because when you have the energy to take those steps or maybe ask them, hey, thank you so much for the amazing words. Can you go share them on Google now? Like you haven't even had your wedding yet, but can you go post about that on Google? Because right right now you can get a review and that review is saying things like, oh my, the appointment with them was so great. They answered all my questions, blah, 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 whatever. Like it's all the way through. So let's make sure that you're taking the time and the energy to really execute tiny changes to try to drive a higher number of appointments. Because we all know that the lead to appointment percentage, and then we've talked about this in previous episodes, the lead to booking and then, I mean, lead to appointment and then appointment to booking, the conversion ratio appointment to booking is always almost double and way higher than just lead to appointment. So I know if you can get more appointments on your calendar, I know you'll book more, but you got to work a little harder to get it. Hmm. Agreed. Well, we like to end every episode and give it some swag shit we all like to get. Three action items to add to your to-do list this week. You're up first, Vanessa. What you got? I'm going to start with, can you guess? Can you guess? Online booking system. Add an online booking system. Add it to every platform. Put it in the link. Put it in your calendar. Make it easy. Keep it simple. Stupid. If you change that one thing, just do that one, you can ignore the rest of our swag. I mean, but listen, but if you do that, if you change that one thing, I promise you, you'll probably double the number of appointments. I'm telling you, it, it makes a huge difference. So do an online booking system, make it easy for them to get in to the appointment, pick a time and a day that works with their schedule that already meets your schedule criteria. I swag number two, I want you to write a very short, punchy, no longer than one phone screen initial email that you can have saved as a note in your phone. So no matter where you are, when that lead comes through, you can copy, paste, send. I know it probably went into your CRM. I don't want it to be an automated response. I want it to be something that you are physically sending and adding in some of the things, you know, based upon their date and blah, 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 and whatever, like customize it a little bit. But I want you to be actually sending that So have that template ready to go. My last one is going to be, I want you to work on your email follow-up campaign. Seven emails, start to finish. I want you to make sure that your follow-ups are strong and be the first to respond. So that ties back to the initial email, but make sure your follow-ups are strong and you're always asking a question at the end of each email. Yeah, and I mean... Okay, if you're only doing one or two right now, seven, you might be like, you're crazy, Vanessa. So let's say whatever you're sending right now, I want you to add two. So figure out two resources, an email about reviews and testimonials, blah, 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 like whatever you're going to do, just add two more to the list so that you're touching out your, you know, you have a few more touch points along the way. So you're touching them more. I know it sounded so dirty. I'm sorry. I mean, I meant it like that. 
<laughs> if you if you feel like this podcast helped your business, got you thinking, or we made you laugh. She makes herself laugh all the time. Yeah. Uh, follow, subscribe, and share it with some friends. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. Wrapping up our monthly topic of fighting a slum. Next week, we are sitting down and interviewing Alan Berg and discussing how to stop getting ghosted by wedding couples. Alan is the leading international speaker and expert on the business of wedding and events. He's an author of six books, a consultant, sales trainer, and he has his own podcast. Whoops. So now go make the changes. Let's get some more appointments on the calendar. Make that epic shit happen. Thank you.